Hello and welcome to Transmissions from Tatooine episode 18, the show that covers all the Star Wars films, TV shows, books, comics and more in no apparent order. I'm your host Ollie, here with our other fantastic host Jaya. Hey everyone. And today we're going to be talking about The Mandalorian, Chapter 9, The Marshal. This is Transmissions from Tatooine. Coming to your data pairs from, well, not Tatooine actually, uh. So, yeah, as we said in the top, today we're talking about The Mandalorian Chapter 9, The Marshal, and me and Jayanth have literally, like, five minutes ago watched this. Um, Jayanth for the first time, me for the third time, and neither of us know what the other thinks of it yet. So, to start off with, Jayanth. What did you think of the episode? It was a like a good uh, first episode to the second season. Like, uh, what do you how how do you see it? Like a good returning episode. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. And after, uh, I guess you could say a long time. <laughs> we finally see it coming back. Definitely there. feels like a long time. A lot's changed since chapter eight, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, not in Mandoverse, but in our world. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would say generally I agree. I thought it was a good episode, but it didn't really do much to progress the main story, did yeah, it? Yeah, it was like... But um, in saying that, it was really good for bringing us all back to the world of the Mandalorian, and it was just lots of fun, wasn't it? Yeah. So, now, what do you want to talk about first? Because there's a, a bit to choose from. Yeah. Um... <laughs> so, do you want to do just, I guess, a play-by-play? So, go through it, all the main points in order? Um, yeah, okay. So, we start off with kind of a bit of a montage that recaps what happens in Season 1. And I thought that was done really well what did you think yeah it, it was pretty good like, yeah it kind of recapped somebody. what had happened but also with um the voiceover from the armorer and the mandalorian towards the end of it which is quite similar to what they said in the trailer um kind of along the lines of you need to return baby yoda to his people and then after that we see the man we have the mandalorian chapter 9 the marshal and then we see the mandalorian walking through this city on this pathway and it's just him and baby yoda floating along well baby yoda's floating along the mandalorian's walking yeah i guess they don't make pods in his size <laughs> Yeah, the city was a bit creepy. Yeah, because we've got like all that graffiti, and I don't think we've really seen that much graffiti in live action before, have yeah, we? And the red eyes. Yeah, those. That, yeah. What are they like? Dogs or wolves or, well, obviously not dogs or wolves from mm-hmm. Earth, but like that sort of thing. I've heard some people talk saying that they're a lot like these. Oh, I've forgotten their name now, but these animals and rebels, which I didn't think, but um, 
it has been a while since I saw Rebels. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think I last saw it in like 2018 when it finished. But anyway. So, yeah. Uh, so... And then after that, um, Mandalorian goes into this kind of arena. Well, he's in the stands, but there's this arena with two Gamorreans fighting, and he goes to see an, I think, is it an Abyssian? The one-eyed, like, Cyclops creature. Yeah. Uh, called Gore Koresh. And what did you think of him? First impressions, and it's probably the last we'll see him, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, probably, unless they do, like, a flashback. Yeah. Um, so, like, when you first see him and he he doesn't look like much but then uh at one point everyone points the gun at mm. Man- the mandalorian and it's just like he's the gangster of the thing yeah <laughs> um yeah and after the scene he got he was hanging on a yeah maybe we're gonna go back and we're just mandalorian's just gonna like walk by and see a skeleton hanging upside down (laughs) off a lamppost yeah (laughs) yeah it was and i thought that bit where the mandalorian just leaves him there was a bit dark i remember the first time i saw the episode when he just walks off and leaves them to these red-eyed beasts, I literally said, geez, Mando. <laughs> um, I mean, he was trying to kill him. But <laughs> yeah, but like it was a bit dark after he'd given the whole I promise you won't die by my hand bit, which, come on, Gorkoresh, you're a bit thick. Obviously, that means he's going to get someone else to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then after that, no, it's then that we get the bit saying chapter nine, the marshals. Sorry, but um, yeah. After after the title card, we then see the race crest fly down onto Tatooine. Yeah. Uh. So and one point that we skipped over the green eyed guy. We he, the Mandalorian visited him because. Oh yeah, he he yeah. wanted information on where the Mandalorians are. Or, or where other Mandalorians are, and Gorkoresh has information that there's a Mandalorian in Mos Pelgo on Tatooine. And, yeah, so then after the title card, we see the Razor Crest um, fly to Tatooine and land in Docking Bay 35, which people will remember from Chapter 5 of Season 1, um and yeah so we get to see uh what's her name pelimoto i'm pretty sure it's pelimoto <laughs> if it isn't leave a comment and feel superior <laughs> um but yeah and we see her again and i really like her i thought she had some really good comedy the oh so he likes droids now that and then um what was it with baby yoda the how much do you want for him just kidding but not really <laughs> that thing but i i liked all that um and yeah there are a couple of i guess references and easter eggs in here did you spot any or 
No. <laughs> so um, the droid that um, the map is on is R5D4, yeah. who is um, the droid that um, the Jawas tried to sell Luke Skywalker and Owen Lars in A New Hope, and he's the one with the bad motivator whose head like blows up. Yeah. Oh, is it a head on a droid? Because it's not very head shaped, the <laughs> dome bit at the top that, yeah. you know. If you look at my R2-D2 over there, the silvery bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm, like, pointing and directing. It's not like the audience can see anything. But, <laughs> but yeah, yes, yeah. I have an R2-D2 in my bedroom and his head. Anyway, and then also I think Pelimoto was working on um, a pod racer engine when um, the Mandalorian lands, and uh, obviously, Pelt Racers were in the Phantom Menace, and there were quite a lot of prequel references in this episode, weren't there? Because, um, like, the dog things that the Tuscan Raiders have later on, and we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves here, yeah. but they were first seen in episode two. Um, what other references are there? Um, Cobb Vance Speeder. Oh, by the way, we probably should have mentioned this. There are going to be spoilers in this episode for The Mandalorian Chapter 9, The Marshal, and all, all the rest of The Mandalorian, and basically all of Star Wars. You should have uh, assumed that by now. Yeah. By Hopefully you'd figured it out, but. Um, if you didn't, um, you don't worry, the... we've only spoiled like the first 15 minutes or so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, so then after he's um, kind of had his conversation with Pelimoto, um, she tells him where Mos Pelgo is, and then he takes the same speeder he borrowed from her in Chapter 5, and he goes to Mos Pelgo, and there's a really nice kind of montage here of the Mandalorian travelling there, and I was just amazed at how impressive the volume, like the scope that the volume can go to, because, like, you've got whole mountain ranges and stuff. And honestly, I, if, if I didn't know that they shot all of this on a set in L.A., I would have thought someone had taken a drone and flown it over some rocky mountain ranges in Tunisia or something. Mm-hmm. So that was really impressive. And that obviously Mandalorian stops and has dinner with the Tuscans. Yeah. And yeah, and then we get into Mos Pelgo and there's a, yeah, and there's a lot of like Western tropes and stuff in here, isn't there? Because like Mandalorian riding his well, not horse in this case, but his speeder into the the village and all the people standing on their decks staring at him and that that feels so like it's in any cowboy movie doesn't it yeah 
and and also there's a bit of western stuff because you've got like the tuscan raiders which could be like the american indians couldn't they yeah and um when like when Ember comes they're like holding the oh yeah the like they're about to have a shoot off yeah <laughs> And, yeah, so then the Mandalorian goes into the cantina in Mos Pelgo, and it's deserted apart from a weak way, who is creatively called weak way. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's looking for a Mandalorian, and the weak way says something along the lines of, do you mean the marshal? And then we pan over, and there is the marshal standing in the doorway wearing Boba Fett's armor. And yeah, what was your reaction when you saw that? I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so have you read the Aftermath books? No. They're in the library, so if we ever get back to school, you should give them a go. Well, I think the third one's there, but some of them are in the library. And, um, but none of the rest of you lot really care. And unless you also go to our school, in which case, check them out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, and in the Aftermath books, there is a character called Cobb Vanth, who is the sheriff of Freetown. And he, um, it's strongly hinted at that he gets Boba Fett's armor from some Jawas. And yeah, so when we have the, and we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves again, but um, you know the montage bit in um, when they're riding the speeders a bit later Mm. on where it kind of does the flashback. That is sort of what it says in Aftermath, but not quite in Aftermath. There's a bit about Cobb Vanth shooting a guy to get the armor as well, but it's the same general story. Like Mandalorian, he gets the Boba Fett's armor from some Jawas. Uh, and yeah, so Mos Pelgo, um, I'm guessing at one point it was called Freetowns. Or, and then they changed it back to Mos Pelgo. But, uh, yeah, and most of the story, or maybe it's like protecting two towns or something, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and so we have um, Cobb Vanth, and that's pretty cool. And it's nice to see some of the like book and comic characters making their way into kind of stories that more people see because uh, there are a lot of good characters in the books and the comics and the games and yeah even the animated tv shows but um i'm not saying that like i'm surprised that like there aren't many good characters in the animated TV shows. There are loads of awesome characters in the animated TV shows. I just think more people watch the animated TV shows than read the comics and stuff. But uh, anyway, bit of a tangent there. And yeah, and then, well, you can take over. What happens next? Um, So after they're about to have their shootout? um, Well, 
it, the ground starts shaking yeah. and everything starts shaking and then they have this kind of pose and they stand up yeah they uh they go outside yeah and then you it's see really this... building up the tension here <laughs> and then we just undermined it all but anyway <laughs> so then they see this like ripple of sand just going yeah. through the village and then it just continues across and then this massive monster thing called the creek dragon yeah comes and swallows those desert cows the banthas yeah the banthas <laughs> uh yeah and what was going through your mind when you saw the great dragon uh well when first when the ground started shaking what did you think it was going to be first when the ground started shaking i thought it was like some sort of like uh an underground tribe or something coming up to the surface <laughs> yeah, i don't know when i first saw it i thought it was going to be like um moth gideon would have like a star destroyer flying overhead and yeah that's what i was... thought in the very beginning and then yeah. when the sand came out and, like, and i i thought he was gonna like land down a load of troop transports and stormtroopers would roll out and the mandalorian would have to fight his way out of it and that sort of thing yeah but uh that's not what happens and uh, i'm actually kind of happy it didn't happen because he... stormtrooper is coming again and again it would kind of get boring i don't know but it's gonna take a lot of star destroyers and stormtroopers for me to get bored of star destroyers and stormtroopers <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but anyway yeah and then um Cobb Vanth offers that he will return the Mandalore, the Mandalore, or Boba Fett's armor if the Mandalorian helps, or Dinjarin. I, I don't think I'm ever going to get used to calling him Dinjarin, just like I don't think anyone's ever going to stop calling Baby Yoda Baby Yoda, even if they do give us an actual name for him. Yeah. Disney should have thought that through better before they decided to give him a name and then change it. Yeah, but the Dinjarin is not that good. There's like a title to the Mandalorian. <laughs> the Dinjarin. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, um, and then, so... He agrees that they can go and kill the crate drag that he'll kill the, help him kill the crate dragon, and in return for the armor, and then we have the Mandalorian and Kovanth. They ride out in their speeders, and um, Kovanth tells the Mandalorian how he got the armor. And do you want to take take over this bit? Yeah, the flashback. The flashback. So. They have this flashback where, uh, so it goes back to the time where the Death Star is destroyed. Second, the second Death one, Star. yeah, the second one is destroyed. The second one, that is. <laughs> and uh, everyone's celebrating. Uh, everyone's seen the destruction, and then, and then, uh, as the 
mining collective. Yeah, the mining collective just appeared out of nowhere and just started taking over the village. Yeah. Uh, and it was pretty horrific. Yeah. Lots of people died, but the marshal. Yeah. Does he have a name? Cobb Vanth. Yeah, Cobb Vanth. I forgot you. I forget <laughs> names. You did only see it like half an hour ago. Yeah. We'll forgive you. Yeah, so Cobb Vanth uh, manages to escape the place and he grabs a bucket when he escapes. Yeah, it's didn't called know. a camp timer. Did he know? No, yeah, he didn't know. He didn't know uh, and he just traveled through the desert for well days. he knew he grabbed a camp toner he didn't know what was in it yeah and he went for days through the desert and then he was saved by the jobbers yeah uh they took him in and he he was given water and everything and when the jobbers opened the 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 camp toner yes that one <laughs> uh it was full of crystals. Yeah, silicax crystals. Yeah, those crystals. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was it's pretty valuable apparently, so they started offering Cobb uh stuff from their collection, really. And then Cobb spots uh the Boba Fett Mandalorian armor. When when you keep saying cob, I'm just imagining like a cob of corn walking around a jail cell. So, that's hard to So he sees the Mandalorian armor, Boba Fett. Yeah. And then he says, "I want that," and then he gets it. Yeah. And then he goes back to the village. Blast soul the the mining collective, the mining collective, and saves the day. Yeah, and, and that was the flashback of how he got the armor. Yeah, and everything. And I really like this. I'm not really sure if it's an Easter egg or not, but um, when he uses the torpedo or whatever you call it on the back of Boba Fett's jetpack, um, that's. I guess a bit of a reference to in the original Boba Fett toy, um, it was meant to be able to do that where they'd shoot like a missile out of the jetpack, but then they didn't do that because it was deemed a safety risk. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's a reference to that. Not that I really remember the Boba Fett figures considering that, uh, you know, that was like, 30 years before I was born or something. Yeah. But. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So after the flashback. uh, Well, they approach this kind of. Canyon. Yeah, canyon. And then they stop. They take their guns out and then. The dogs come out. Yeah, they're kind um, of dog lizardy things. Yeah, and is there any? If you keep talking for a second, I will go over and get the digital dictionary and find out because I've forgotten their names. <laughs> yeah, so the dogs come out and um, Cobb uh, prepares to shoot, but then the Mandalorian 
uh, instead makes this sound. Oh, I think you missed it. Really? <laughs> oh, never mind, never mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, the Mandalorian stops. Here they uh, are. They're called massives. Yeah, those things. <laughs> uh, the Mandalorian somehow, like, I don't think they commun- he communicated with them, but then he said stuff in the... Tuscan Raider language. Yeah, Tuscan Raider. I think in the, if you have the subtitles on, it says the Mandalorian speaks Tuscanese. Yeah. <laughs> so he speaks Tuscanese. Okay, we'll, we'll say that. So he speaks Tuscanese to the dogs, but the dogs understand, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they they stop becoming like hostile and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then the Tuscan Raiders come out. The Mandalorian speaks with them, and they come to an understanding that they will work together to kill the crate yeah, dragon. Kill the crate dragon. And Cobb would didn't understand a thing. <laughs> and, and I didn't too, I guess. So, Neither did I. I don't speak Tuscanese. Yes. And so, uh, well, that's that. And we want to carry on. Uh, yeah, okay. And then we have a scene where Cobb and the Mandalorian... I'm never going to stop calling him Cobb now. He's mm. just going to be... Cobb, corn, ba- corn, cob, vanth. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so corn, cob, vanth, um, the Mandalorian and the Tuscan Raiders are having um, dinner or a barbecue or something, and the Mandalorian and the Tuscans are speaking Tuscanese, and um, one of the Tuscans offers corn, cob, um, <laughs> this kind of, I'm not sure what you call it. It's water, but then... Yes, it... Uh, I think there's something in, like, the Star Wars comic, one of the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi, where it's like this fruit that grows on Tatooine and it has liquid in it. Uh, completely forgotten what they're called now, but um, it's like this fruit thing that has liquid in it. And um, they offer it to Cobb Vanth. And he doesn't want to eat it, uh, eat it, drink it. Yeah, he, <laughs> you don't, you don't eat water, people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he doesn't want to eat it because it stinks. Um, and he messed up. Yeah, and um, then the Tuscan Raiders get angry at him. They say, "You steal our water, and now you're not drinking it." Something along those lines, and they. You understood that. Huh? You understood that. No, because the Mandalorian's giving a commentary, isn't he? Oh. And there's the, they say blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, and it gets very tense. And then the Mandalorian gets his flamethrower and... Do flamethrowers make that noise? I don't know. (laughs) I've never seen a real (laughs) flamethrower. But, um... Yeah, and so the Mandalorian's, like, shooting fire, but not, like, at anyone. He's intimidating. Yeah, just to kind of get their attention and break up the fight. Yeah. And then he says, oh, what is it? It's something like, um, if we f- if we fight fight with ourselves, the Crate Dragon's going to kill everyone or something like that. Yeah. And um, then they kind of... Um, 
agree to not kill each other. Yeah. And um, there was some really good acting from Timothy Oliphant in this, I thought. Like, he's really good in all of... Uh, he's called Van, by the way. Mm. And, um, yeah, he's really good in all of it, but I thought that scene in particular, I thought he was very good. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And then... Do you want to take over the next bit? Yeah, so the Cobb and Mandalorian the next day go to the pub where everyone stays. Is it the pub? Is it a bar? Oh, no, there's a bit with the Crate Dragon first, the first time round where the Tuscan gets eaten. Oh, yeah. So uh, before uh, they go to the pub, I think it's got a canteen now. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Before they go there, uh, the Mandalorian and Cobb and the Tuscan Raiders go to this kind of massive cave. Yeah. And that's supposedly where the Crait Dragon lives, sleeps. Yeah. Yep. And, well, one of the Tuscan Raiders took the desert cows, I'm just gonna call them desert cows, <laughs> and uh, I guess went right outside the cave, put the cow there, and then kind of called the Cray uh, yeah. Dragon yeah. by making noise, I guess. And then the Cray Dragon comes alive, and instead of eating the desert cow, it goes for the Tuscan Raider. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that w- that's the first time we, that's the second time we see it on screen and it was a bit more clear, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I guess, yeah, they make a plan and they go back to the village, yeah? I uh, yeah, and their plan is they're going to get reinforcements and... That's all they really tell us there, and there's this really funny bit about whether the crate dragon is to scale or not, because um, it does look pretty big when um, you're a pebble. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, they head back to the village, and the whole village, I guess, yeah. is gathered in the canteen, and they... The Mandalorian and Cobb explained to them that the people and the Tuscan Raiders have to work together if they if they want to destroy the Creek Dragon. Yeah. So there were a few outbreaks, but uh, I guess the fact that they could rid they could get rid of the dragon together. Yeah. Convinced them to work with the Tuscan Raiders reluctantly, mm-hmm. but in the end they managed yeah. it. And then the Tuscan Raiders come into the village and they start like loading explosives onto the panthers or desert cows or whatever we're going to call them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then there's this bit where one of the Tuscan Raiders like drops one, isn't there? Yeah, and then. I, an argument breaks out, but then it was quickly seized, I guess. Yeah, and 
uh, again, it was another very tense moment, wasn't it? Yeah. And there was some great acting by whoever the grumpy guy was. Yeah. <laughs> That's his name, grumpy guy. Yeah. Because we're back in, like, 1983 where they didn't give names to everybody and, like, the action figure of the random guy in Jabba's palace is called Yak Face. <laughs> but, um, anyway... So, yeah, we've got Grumpy Guy gets into an argument with Tuscan Raider and um, Cobb, Corn Cobb, has to break up the the fight. Yeah. And um, it's kind of a lot of character development considering that, like, last night he, he hated these people. Yeah. And Like, he understood the situation. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess... They set out and went back to the cave of the dragon. Yeah. And they started... Uh, one of the Tuscan readers first went to check and they found out the dragon's asleep. So then mm-hmm. they quickly started... Everyone, the village people and the Tuscan readers quickly started setting up like ballistas, crossbows... Yeah. yeah, those things. And then they, like, dig a pit and they put all the explosives in the pit because yeah. um, they explain that, like, the belly's the weak spot, isn't it? Yeah, so um, the plan, the initial plan was to make the... Uh, to annoy the crate dragon so much, it comes out a lot, like, it comes out really far mm-hmm. and... Its belly is right on top of the buried explosives, and then they'll detonate the explosives, and then the dragon will die. Mm-hmm. But, well, when it happens, it doesn't work out so well. The dragon comes out, they fire the crossbow, the giant crossbows. Um, it had, like, steel arrows with yeah. ropes tied to them to stop yeah. the dragon from going back, but... Mm-hmm. That failed. The dragon went back. Mm-hmm. Um, they managed to dra- uh, annoy the dragon a bit more, and finally they managed to like get it over the pit. Yeah, and they detonated the explosives. Boom! Yeah, and for a few seconds, it was like it was pretty tense. No gonna lie. Yeah. Um, and then they found out. It's not dead. And it came back alive. Yeah. And it, like, popped out of this mountain beside the pit. And then... Yeah. The the Mandalorian and Cobb, who also has Mandalorian armor, like, boosts up with their jetpacks and tries to shoot the... uh, the dragon. Yeah. But then, uh, he doesn't really they don't really manage to get a lot of damage mm-hmm. and then the dragon comes back down and does a lot of stuff i guess <laughs> and um, thanks for being specific for our audience yeah <laughs> i guess the dragon killed a few people i guess yeah um same i guess <laughs> um so 
the Mandalorian and Cobb come back down, and then the Mandalorian sees the desert cow armed with like explosives on its back. Yeah, poor banter. <laughs> I know. They just give it to the dead, you know, like yeah, yeah. But anyway, many banthers were harmed in the making of this episode. <laughs> so anyway, the Mandalorian gets an idea, and then he, um. What he basically does is he gets the dragon to swallow. So the Mandalorian has the detonator with him, mm-hmm. and the explosives are on the desert cow. The uh, the dragon comes and eats them both, mm-hmm. and then the other people were like, "What the heck?" And then, uh, I guess the Mandalorian kind kind of like electrifies the insides yeah. and it's quite similar to in episode one where he like shoots up that big um like sea monster that's attacking the razor crest and kind of the same way but anyway keep going yeah so he kind of electrifies the insides of the dragon and then he flies out of the mouth he hits the detonator and the desert cow with the explosives on him explode inside the Dragon, yeah. causing the dragon to die. Boom. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I think we'll just leave it there for a second before we keep going because you've missed two key points. Just how disgusting does that death by crate dragon vomit look? No, no, that's just <laughs> that. That's kind of the John Favreau Star Warsy weirdness that <laughs> I really like. That was comical, yet embarrassing. Yeah. Do you think it's like acid? Because they def definitely die, but like they didn't seem to burn up or anything, did they? Yeah, it's like. Yeah, it's probably some sort of weird space dragon acid. <laughs> You've never met any space dragons? <laughs> um, I guess the great dragons. Yeah. And <laughs> um, also, um, when Cobb, when the Mandalorian gets his idea to kill the poor Bantha, um, Cobb, uh, when he gets rid of Cobb Banth, he like whacks the jetpack in the same place Han Solo whacks Boba Fett, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what what's up with that that jetpack because um it doesn't it seems like the weak spot of that armor. Yeah. <laughs> Caution: Do not whack the back of your jetpack. It may cause you to fly away and get eaten. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's that. Uh, the first episode um, was basically. I think there's one more kind of important point, isn't there? That last shot. Uh, uh, Tomorrow Morrison. In the last shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was getting to that. I was getting to that. I, oh, was, right. like, I was just rounding up. Wasn't that kind of like at the very, very Well, end? we're still going to talk, talk about yes, of what we think about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, there's your 40 minute synopsis. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they, 
uh, that was kind of the first episode, uh, and then at the very end, yeah, we see... Um, we see just kind of the back of a bald guy's head as um, the Mandalorian rides off uh, behind the twin sunset, and um, yeah, and then you're like, who's this guy dressed dressed in like some weird black dressing gown with like um uh is it a gaffy stick i want to say it's a gaffy stick and a tuscan raider gun and then he turns around and it's tamora morrison looking like really scarred up and he Mm. just kind of walks walks off looking grumpy yeah and yeah so what do you think is it Boba Fett? No. No? I would have to say I agree. Yeah. I agree. Because um, obviously no one knows yet, and um, I think John Favreau knows that he's going to launch like a, mil- a million subreddits and Twitter pages about whether or not that's Boba Fett. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was doing some maths earlier, and it just doesn't quite add up because Boba Fett would be around like 44, 45, something like that in the series. And Tamara Morrison is 59. I think it's more likely that he's an old clone trooper because I did the math of that. And if he's a clone trooper from like the last batches produced on Camino, like right after Revenge of the Sith, then he would be around 31 at this time, uh, but obviously clones age at double the rate of a normal person, so he'd really be more like 62, and that feels more like what you'd expect. Well, tomorrow Morrison's 59, so that just feels more reasonable to me age-wise, and, but there is also the point of, like, Tatooine doesn't seem the best for a- ageing on because, like, Obi-Wan goes from being in his late 30s to looking about 70 in the space of 19 years between A New Hope and um, Revenge of the Sith. Other way round, but who cares? Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, but even if... Um, say Boba Fett just ages really badly on Tatooine why how how did he survive if he lost the armor because obviously the armor gets taken by Jawas and then sold to Cobbant and we've kind of covered that already Mm. (laughs) um but yeah and uh, uh but even if he did lose the armor Slave One is still like back at Jabba's palace or in Mos Eisley or somewhere and, like, why didn't he just take Slave 1 and go? And Because uh, I don't imagine there's a whole lot for him on Tatooine without Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Why didn't he just go? Because it's it doesn't make sense to me. So, yeah, I think he's probably a clone. I don't think he's Rex because um, I just don't. Yeah. But... Um, Rex is... He doesn't. It doesn't feel right. No. But um, and also Rex is usually in like bits of his clone armor and not 
not Tuscan Raider gear. Yeah. Do you think there's like a st- standard issue Tuscan Raider gear shop? <laughs> Come and buy your gappy sticks and your weird old bandages and metal tubes to put over your eyes that must be really hard to see out of. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and so what do you think of, like, the Easter eggs? And I guess some people would say it's like fan service. Do you think it's a good amount, too much, you'd like more? What do you think? It's fine. Like, it's not overdone. Yeah. And it's not too little. And it's just the first episode yeah. like, in the new season, so I wouldn't want every single Easter egg in the first time, so. Yeah, I thought, I I agree with you, it's a really nice, it's, it's done, it's kind of fan service done right, where it's still progressing the story, it's not like, oh, let's just stop for five minutes and look at this, I don't know, old lightsaber or whatever mm. but that you saw in this this movie and here and here and here but uh it's because like you've got r5d4 and um for anyone who doesn't know who he is he's just a droid and he's got a map and it's not like huh who's this because it doesn't really matter it could be any old droid but it's R5-D4 to those people who know it, and it's a cool reference for them. And that's how I think it should be done, isn't it? Yeah, it shouldn't be like... It's Easter eggs for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... (laughs) Yeah, what else is there to talk about, um, I think? What do you think is going to happen in the next episode, based on, like, what we've seen in this, what we've seen in the trailers, and yeah. So, I I can't remember well. I mean, you've watched the episode three times, so I think you could tell me <laughs> what did what was the Mandalorian left like when he left the village. Um, he left with a giant piece of crate dragon skate uh, skate steak. Um, and Boba Fett's armor, Baby Yoda, his armor, and the speeder, which belongs to Kelly. Yeah, like anything more, uh, locations or something, because... No, he doesn't have a location for a Mandalorian. So he's just going somewhere So, yeah, he probably needs another, another Mandalorian location, doesn't he? Yeah. And I've got a theory that he's going to find out that Moff Gideon is holding Bo-Katan on um, his Star Destroyer. Because, like, um, we have Giancarlo Esposito, who plays Moff Gideon. Um, He's been hinting at Moff Gideon having, like, a bigger ship or something. I don't know the exact wording. But um, that's probably a Star Destroyer, like... I mean, it could be like a Raider class Corvette. It could be a Death Star for all we know. But um, I reckon it's probably a Star Destroyer of some sort, don't you think? Yeah. And I reckon he's going to be holding Bo-Katan on that. 
and then the Mandalorian's going to go back to Navarro and he's going to get um, Grief Kaga and Cara Dune's help to go and rescue Bo-Katan because I suppose it could be Sabine as well. They're kind of interchangeable in this scenario, but they're going to get the Mandalorian connected with Ahsoka, who is not a Jedi, but pretty much as close as we're going to get in the galaxy at this time. Apart from Luke Skywalker, but I don't think they'll go to Luke Skywalker, will they? Because yeah, this is. I suppose they could de-age Mark Hamill, and I reckon he would be up for doing more Star Wars, but I don't really want them to. Yeah. And yeah, so I think they're gonna connect the Mandalorian with Ahsoka, and it's gonna be Bo-Katan, and they're gonna go rescue her. And that might not be next episode, but I reckon something like that's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it could be um, Bo-Katan or Sabine, because there have been rumours of both of them being in The Mandalorian. But uh, yeah, I reckon that's what's going to happen. Maybe not next episode, but I'm really looking forward to seeing that, because... um, because we do have shots of the Mandalorian and Grief Gaga and Cara Dune walking around on what looks like a Star Destroyer or at least some Imperial vehicle, doesn't it? And mm. yeah, I that's what I think is going to happen. But um, yeah, uh, anything else you want to add? No. No, I don't think I've got a whole lot either. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening to today's episode. Please be sure to follow or subscribe to us. Um, please leave us a review and hopefully you'll consider giving us five stars. Um, and yeah, and do we know what we're talking about next week? Oh yes, we do. We're going to be talking about chapter 10 of The Mandalorian. And, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for that, so... Until next time, I have spoken. And wow, that's almost exactly the length of the episode of The Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, yeah, bye. Sorry, Jank just called me out. Apparently I said I have spoken, not we have spoken. It's meant to be we have spoken. Anyway, bye for real this time, hopefully.